0: Yeah, so today we're going to talk about one piece of scripture, Psalm 24, 1, and our series is entitled Flip, all right? Now, the goal, as you can see on the screen behind me, is to flip stress to strength. Most of us would say, okay, I'm all a friend for that, right? Well, wait until you hear the rest of it before you get all in, okay? Because some of you are going to opt to say, no, I'm checking out on this one. I'm going to check Facebook while I'm at church. All right, now, should the camera find you, we will call you out, all right, just warning. All right, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Now, if you're a highlighter or you're an underliner or a circler in scripture, I want you to underline a couple of things. One, let's start with the earth, all right? The earth, now this is this big space, This a little bigger than Gwinnett County. Right, the earth belongs to who? The Lord, the earth is the Lord's and then it says everything. All right, now this is where many of us in our struggle and our Christian walk, this is where many of us stop is when we get to the everything, all right? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, all right? Now watch this because what the text is teaching us here is a doctrinal word that we get lordship from. Not leadership, lordship, all right? How many of you in here would say, Chuck, I am a born-again, follower of Jesus, committed Christian? Can I see your hands? Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. All right, Don't, don't lower them yet, all right? Here's what you're saying right now. You are saying that the earth... Is my Lord's and everything in it which means he owns me too thank you you can put your hands down you just agreed that Jesus is your Lord and the term that we're using here Lord and owner could be a hand in glove experience because Lord is literally the meaning that you have surrendered your life into the hands of your creator, God, through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Now, Jenny and I went down yesterday to the Super Bowl experience. This is best wife ever. On her birthday, she went to the Super Bowl experience with me. Guys, could I get an amen? Yeah, And, and... And I I noticed all around the stadium are guys with bullhorns screaming scripture and that you needed to turn from your sin. And everything in me wanted to go up and say, excuse me, they can't hear you. I mean, it's not that you're not loud enough, but why are you screaming at people? I mean, why are you hollering at them? At no point have I heard you say that Jesus being Lord is a choice you get to make so that you could have God's best, not for him to beat the daylight out of you. I mean, he loves you. He can't wait to have a relationship with you. Everything in me wanted to say, yo, dude screaming, you're killing it out here for people like me, stop come off that little step you're on and feed this guy that's hungry that's what jesus didn't come screaming he came and fed people are hungry i'll get off my stump now but lordship is what we're looking to now everything that this text is says that all of us need to be in the lordship of christ because the earth is the lord's already And everything in it. And then the second part of the text gets highly personal. The world and its people belong to him. That you and I, when you choose to leave one life and take on Christ as Lord, you voluntarily take all you are and you surrender. But now watch this. When we hear the word lordship the the word we don't hear is ownership but it's the same thing to 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 have your lordship right is to have surrendered your ownership properly okay are you with me are you are you with me lordship i surrender that god might have perfect total ownership over that which he already owns. But ownership, when we think of being owned as a slave is different than ownership as we are owned by a savior. Now watch this, to be owned as a slave is to be beaten down and robbed of your humanity and joy. To be owned by a savior means that I have voluntarily surrendered my will to a greater will. I have surrendered my desire to a better desire, and I have surrendered my past to one who forgives, my present to one who gives, and my future to who is for me and never against me. This is the difference in ownership as a slave and ownership by a savior. And in our world today, ownership is what flip is all about. But we want to spend a few weeks to talk about what ownership might look like when it comes to our money. And you say, okay, Chuck, you lost me. I knew it. That's what it's all about. But now now watch. I really want you to hear me, all right? Come back to me if I just lost you. I am not asking you to give a dime to this church today unless the Lord and your proper lordship tells you to do so. Do not give a dime because I'm asking for it. Do not give a dime because we use it for so many wonderful things. I'm saying if the Lord truly owns everything, including you, the only voice that you need to abide to is his, not mine, not some TV preacher, not anybody else. Get the lordship right and you're on the right ship. If you don't get the Lordship right, your ownership isn't right. And if your ownership and your Lordship aren't the ship you're sailing, you're gonna land on the wrong beach. And when you look at this, you say, well, what are we gonna try to do in this series? Well, if you're broke, I wanna try to give you some biblical principles that can get you from where you are to where stress becomes a strength. If you got plenty of money, I wanna get you where that money isn't stressful but it is strengthening your walk with the Lord. If you don't like talking about money, then we're gonna talk about how money could become something that God can use in your life to give you your greatest possible year ever. Now, I get it. Some of y'all have already said, Chuck, I hate it when you talk about money. But now hear me. I'm not asking you to give a dime to this church. I did that last year. I'm good. I'm not asking you to give a dime to the church. I'm asking you to give us an opportunity to take the Word of God and to try to learn from the Word of God how we are to manage our resources, including money. And it all starts with this deep understanding of ownership and lordship. If it's already the Lord's and he's already the owner, we're not. And when we grasp that, we understand what's happening. Now, two weeks from today at 5 p.m., we've got a guy that's going to be with us that day. His name is Joe Sangle. He's one of America's brightest and sharpest guys when it comes to personal finance and helping people get from debt over into no stress and strength. And it's simply God's principles. But he'll give you every possible tool for free to do everything you need to do. Some of you were here when we test drove this last year. I talked with a couple this week that said we were there that Saturday and we've gone from all that debt to zippity doodah debt. And all we did was follow his simple tools and biblical principles. Now here's what I want to tell you. If they can do it, anybody can do it. And it's entitled, I was broke. Now I'm not. We wanted to make sure it was clear. Somebody asked me, they said, shouldn't we put a Bible verse on it? And I said, it might confuse us. So we're gonna go with, I was broke and now I'm not. Now he's gonna be here with us on Sunday morning. If you've ever wanted a fun Sunday morning in church, this guy is hilarious. And he is so energetic and he's so bright. So two weeks from day, he'll be with us in the morning. But then at 5 p.m., we're gonna come back for a dinner and he's gonna launch this. And then a series of small groups will happen all through the spring, the rest of winter and spring that you can participate in on Sunday, during the week, online, all kinds of ways because I want you to experience how God's word can take you from stress to strength and flip your position. Now you say, well, Chuck... I got more money than I could ever use. God bless you, you're in the vast minority. I have never met anybody who when you tried to say, would you like to have more money and less stress? They said, no man, I I got more money than I know what to do with now. And I love being completely anxiety riddled. I've never met anybody do that. Y'all ever get those calls where somebody says, would you like to know how to earn an extra $1,000 a month? Y'all ever seen those? You know how to fix that? When they ask that, just say, no, I've got so much money. I have no idea what to do with it. By the way, can I have your cell phone number and I'll call you about eight o'clock tonight? We'll chat about it. It'll bless their situation. I promise you every time. But today, what we're really talking about is this one word, ownership. The Lord either owns it all or he doesn't. Now, uh, ownership, it can come in a lot of ways. I remember when I bought my first car for $400. It was a 1964 Rambler Classic. If you can't remember what a Rambler was, just go with it, all right? And it had a three-speed on a column with a flathead six and an overdrive. It, It did not look that good. Mine was mint green. This was the picture that Zach found, and he really was overthinking my position in life at the time. But I had a a Rambler Classic, and when you hit the gas and we were trying to kill it going from first to second, you know, if if you've never, I mean, it had a steering wheel like this, you know, and then it was on the column, so I'd hit the clutch, and when you went from first to second, man, the goal was as fast as you could, right? And then every now and then, if you really wanted to get after it, I mean, I actually put glass packs on that Flathead 6, it sounded like a tank. You know, and, and I would, then you get in the middle of a gear. Guys, you know what you do when in, in the middle of gear, right here, right you know? And I would do that and it looked, like I was spraying for mosquitoes with all the smoke coming out of the back of it. <laughs> I put more oil in that car than I did gas, but you know what? It was mine. You know, dad did not provide a vehicle. And for all those kids around me whose dad did provide a vehicle, when they would look at it and laugh at my rambler, you know what my thought was? But it's mine. They didn't care, but it was mine. And then, you know, the, remember the first house you had? Wasn't it great until at 2 a.m. the water heater broke? And wasn't it awesome until the pipes froze or the dishwasher, you know, ran over? I mean, are you with me? We love ownership, but ownership always costs you something, doesn't it? I mean, but here's the thing we have to grasp today is that the scripture makes no bones about it. God owns it all. It's either all his or not. Back to the scripture. The earth is of the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. God owns it all. Now, here's proof of that. One day you'll die. There's 100% certainty you're going to die. And everything you possess is going to be given to someone else. Well, Chuck, I just don't like how that sounds. I know. But you, you won't have control of it. Other than what you do in your will, and based on statistics I read this week, better than 80 percent of you in this room don't have a will. Just a thought. You know what else I've learned? You can't take any of that stuff with you. It's God's. When you go to be with him, you don't need it. If you think your stuff is nice now, wait till you get to heaven. I mean, no, nobody is going to—I I have families when I'm doing services every now and they'll say, you know what, I just want to put a little something in, in, the, in the casket with Uncle Jed. And I'll think to myself, you know that it's going in a vault, in a casket, in a hole with dirt on it. And when they leave that body, that stuff's staying there, right? Yeah. Okay, everything that we have is provided by God and it is all his. This is a deep theological space here because it's the recognition that if it's all his, then where does that leave us? Well, now watch this because it gets, it gets really interesting. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter eight, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Now look at this, this wealth for me. I have produced this wealth. But now watch this, the text comes back and says, but remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce that wealth. This is, bless you. And the Lord gave you the ability to do that. You say, well, Chuck, I hate my boss. But guess what? He gave you that job. How are you gonna manage that? Well, Chuck, but I I don't have all that wealth. Did you eat this morning? Yeah, okay, you're doing pretty good. Did, did, Did the rain rain on you this morning? Did you have a roof? Yeah, you're doing pretty good. Did your car get here today, even if it looked like my 64 Rambler? Yeah, you're doing pretty good. You say, but Chuck, you can't compare us to folks that are living in Haiti. You're absolutely right. You really can't, but here's what I do know. I do know this, that in my 59 years, the Lord has never ceased to provide everything I need. I have yet to have everything I want. Like, you know, there are a lot of wants that I've got out there, but if God owns it all, he loves us. God owns it all, he loves us, and he cares for us. God loves it all, he loves us, he cares for us. He's in control, but remember it's he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Whatever it is that you can do. We were talking this morning, Frankie who plays the bass. The Lord gave Frankie the ability to play the bass. The Lord gave Austin the ability to do anything. The, the Lord gave Jenny the ability to love me. He went overboard on that one. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> You're one in every crowd. But listen, here's what we have to recognize. Look at this. We really do think it's by our power. But watch this, if the Lord owns everything, including us, then it's not on our power because you see, if the Lord is the owner, that leaves us as the manager. Yeah, but it's my stuff. No, it's not. If it was your stuff, you could have it for eternity but you don't get to keep it for eternity. And, and the Lord, it is his stuff that he allows you to manage your money, your relationships, everything that you have, your marriage, your children. You get to be the marriage. You get to be the manager of it. Why? Because God is the owner. It's that simple. You don't own it. You manage it. Well, Chuck, I'm more than a manager. No, you're not. When our lordship and our ownership have come together in the right way, then we are owners of all that God has allowed us to have. If God's the owner, we're the manager. When we recognize God as the owner and we are the managers, it becomes clear to us that we must handle everything he's provided with tremendous care and we ought to use it wisely. Well, so if somebody, if you go to somebody and you give them $10,000, and and that somebody takes that $10,000 and all they do is use that to buy them their own stuff. But you said, I want you to manage the 10,000. I want you to grow the 10,000. It's an investment account, but that doesn't happen. One, that's illegal. Two, you were greatly disturbed because they took your money and they spent it themselves. Here's a question, are you, an excellent manager of what God has given you. Now, this, this is highly personal, you ready? Are you? Are you an excellent manager, because it assumes you understand you're not the owner of all that God has given you? I have folks that'll say to me all the time, it's like, but Chuck, I, I, what I want is a million dollars. If I had a million dollars, I could fix all my problems. No, you wouldn't, you just increase your problems by a million. I mean, I've never met a millionaire. Now, they may not have to worry about paying their bills, but you know, they're still freaked out about something. Everybody I know has some type of stress involving money. And a lot of folks are stressed out because all they wanna do is make more money. And what I'd say for you is go make it. At no point in the scriptures does Jesus say, oh, it is a sin to wanna to make money. Listen to me. If you want to go make millions, I'm begging you to go make millions. I am pleading with you to succeed wildly. But I can promise you this. If your desire to make the millions is greater than your desire to follow the Lordship of Christ, you have just invited sin and hardship into your life. Because anything you put ahead of your walk with Jesus will instantaneously become sin. You say, well, but but money's not my issue, Chuck. Then you fill in whatever is. But there's a reason why the scriptures give us an idea of why Jesus talks about money so much. Because you see, stewardship is not so much an issue of money. Stewardship is an issue of trust. Stewardship is an issue of trust, but it's two ways. It is can you trust God and can God trust you? I think it actually works the other way around. Can God trust you and then can you trust God? Now, watch this. I want to give you one of the greatest lessons you're ever going to learn when it comes to trust trust in a relationship. Trust with your money, trust with your business, trust with your kids, trust, period. We don't fully trust as humans until two things happen. It takes two parts to build full trust. Now, the first one is character. We don't trust people whose character we don't trust. And the second part of this, if that's A, is competency. We trust character and we trust competency. Now we wanna trust what people say and do and we wanna trust that they know how to do it. So people might say, well, you know what? I don't give to the church cause I can't trust the church. Well, I want to be honest with you. Now, if if you want to run me off and fire me today, the chairman of the deacons, Rusty Thigpen, sitting right there, you can go to him, ask for a call after you've heard this statement. You ready? You can run me off all you want on this statement because I'm going to stick with it from now till the Lord comes. Are you ready? If you don't trust that you can give to the kingdom of God through the Lord's church, do one of two things. Either leave the church and find one you can trust, or fire your preacher and get one you can trust, but do one or the other, don't sit there and do nothing. Because at the end of the day, God's gonna hold you accountable for how you manage what he gave you. And he's gonna hold me accountable for what I taught you. But so if you're thinking right now, man, Chuck, my my seat's a little warm and my toes a little bruised, I wanna remind you again, that's not me on your toes and that's not me lighting you up. It might be the spirit of God that's come along and said, stewardship is an issue of trust. You say, well, Chuck, then why is money such a big deal? 17 out of 38 of Jesus's parables are about money and possessions, one out of six verses in the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are about money and possessions. There, is more, there are more verses about money in the Bible than love, hope, and prayer all added up together. Everything we have, he owns. We are simply a manager. The question is, can God trust me? Pretty good question. Now, uh, to make sure that you don't think that this is just about me, can God trust you or better yet, put your name in. Can God trust and put your name in there? And you say, well, Chuck, wait a minute now. One, I hate it when you talk about money. Two, I hate when you teach like this because all of a sudden you leave no room for wiggle room. And when it comes to money, there's always room for wiggle room. Well, that's true unless you believe in the doctrine of lordship and ownership. Because if you believe Jesus is your Lord, you have no wiggle room. Because remember you surrendered your will, your right, and you surrendered ownership completely to your creator. And you did that in your relationship with Jesus. And he said, if you want to do this, the question is, can I trust you? Money competes with God for lordship in our life. If it weren't so, he wouldn't have spent so much time teaching about it. And you know what we know about this is that what we do with our money is a direct indicator of our Heart. What have I said to you for seven years? Everything that matters is a matter of the heart. Everything Jesus teaches is a matter of the heart. Everything that Jesus says makes a difference is a matter of the heart. It is not about the zeros, the decimal places, or the dollar sign. It's not about how much is in your account now, how much is what you give. It is always about your heart. Do I want to surrender what God has already trusted me with and be a manager so that God can trust me. Listen to what what Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now watch this. Here you are, and wherever you're going, you will follow your desire, and that will inevitably dictate your heart. I, I can't believe I just drew that. But now watch this. The question I'd ask, am I giving money to God's work? Am I a good manager of what God has provided? You know, we can fake commitment until it's time for the money, can't we? I remember when, we, uh, when, when uh, Jenny and I had first gotten married, we, we hired Randall over there to help us get our house where we could put all six girls in a house. Randall, I love you. You did the most amazing job, but I'd never do that again in my life. Now, you were absolutely fascinating. I mean, everything you did is first class. And uh, when, I got, when, when we got done, you know what I realized? We made a significant commitment and we paid a significant sum because we were committed to that. I, I want to ask you to consider Am I giving money to God's work? Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. First fruits is a term we'll learn more about next week, but it is the best and first of everything you have. The best way to look at that is that, do you give God the best of your morning? That's why we have the the weekday podcast. That's why we have so many people jumping on board with a weekday meditation. Can you get the word of God in your heart? Can you get gratitude into your life? Can, can you make sure that you, you get journaling into the recognition of what God's doing as you grow and develop spiritually? And can you come alongside that and make sure that I can have a guided prayer time to help me and can I do it all in less than 15 minutes? Can you give God the first fruits? Here's another question. Do I have a plan for every dollar that God has provided? Do I have a plan for every dollar God has provided? Listen to what the wisest, wealthiest man said when he wrote in Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The single best financial decisions Jenny and I ever make are never in haste. The ones that cost us worst and most Are always made in haste. When our hearts are lined up with the Lordship of Christ, He always honors that. And when we bypass Him in haste, we always pay the price. Because can God trust me with everything He's provided? You bet. Can you say that? Can you say, well, yeah, absolutely. There's an old country farmer who. uh, uh, He was talking to a farmer named Bill in his his congregation, and he said, Bill, if you had 100 cows, would you be willing to give 50 to the Lord? He said, of course I would, preacher. He said, "Uh, Bill, if you had 100 horses, would you give 50 of those horses to the Lord? Yeah, of course I would, preacher. He said, Bill, if you have trust that God has given you everything you own, Bill, if you you trust God with everything he's provided and you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the Lord? You know what Bill said? Now, preacher, you know why I only got two pigs. I can't do that. That's how we see most of this. It's like, but the Lord trusted him with two pigs. It's so easy to talk about what I would do for the Lord, if I had a million dollars. Uh, I listen, I can tell you, for the folks that have millions, they have a harder time giving than you do because the more you have, it's not often that the more generous you become. You become more concerned about how do you hang on to it? Well, let's go back to the Old Testament. You say, well, Chuck, I'm free. I, of course I can trust God. I, I'm free. In the New Testament, I don't have to worry about the Old Testament law. But listen to me, friend. It's not how much we have of the world that dictates our generosity toward God, but how much God has of us. What are you doing now with what you have? Because can you trust God? And can God trust you? It's not enough to simply answer the question, can God trust me? We also need to answer the question the farmer had to, can I trust God? And watch what God has to say in the Old Testament. You say, well, Chuck, I'm under grace, I'm not under law. Well, let me me give you a keen insight, are you ready? Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to erase it. And so when we talk about the tithe in the book of Malachi, many of us see that as a ceiling and we get our calculators out and try to figure out to the penny what the 10% is. But remember, everything that matters is a matter of the heart. The tithe is a guideline that should be not a ceiling, but a floor. Now, I had a lady that got all bent out of shape with me during the 930 service, and I'm probably going to bend some few. I want to be an equal opportunity offender today, all right? About 62% of you in this room are freeloading on the church week after week after week. And can I tell you, I'm so grateful you are. Thank you for being here. Of all the churches that you could be at and freeload on, you're welcome here. Man, we love you. I'm so glad you're here. Don't stop. But every week you decide to give zippity do to the kingdom of God, you are delaying God's richest blessings in your life. He said, bring the whole tithe. Now, watch this. Tithe is indeed the picture of 10%. Now, he says, bring it to the storehouse. What's the storehouse? That there may be food in my house. Where is God's house? Well, it is his church, his local church. And then he goes crazy with it and says, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and I will pour out so much blessing, you'll not have room for it. So here's here's my challenge to you today. I I want you to give so that you might experience the blessing of lordship and ownership. I want you to give not because the church needs your money. Listen, God, if he needs to sell a calf on the side of the hill to make sure it happens, he will. Listen, this is church. Everything that we do, if we do it in his name, I don't have to sell it to you. And I shouldn't have to beg for it. He's a king for goodness sake. He's not up there needing your money, but he cannot wait for us to return to him something he's already given to us as a love gift to say, Lord, I trust you with this, even though it's the hardest thing in life to trust you with. This is what he's called us to do. Test me in this. So here's my deal for you in February, you ready? If you're part of that 60 plus percent who never gives a dime, pick a number. Give something, 20 bucks a week, hundred bucks a week. I don't know what it is, just pick a number. You say, well, Chuck, that's not the tithe. I know, right? I don't know many people that can go from zippity doo to 10%, right? And, and I want to extend grace because again, I believe it's a matter of the heart, not about law. And so my extension to you is really simple. Go from nothing to something, go from something to more, go from a tithe to a sacrifice, And you give in these four weeks in the month of February. If when you get done in the month of February, you say, God did not hold up his end of the test me bargain. You send me an email or pick up the phone and call me. And this church will write you a check for every dime you gave plus 5% on the 1st of March. You say, well, Chuck, you're putting the church in jeopardy. No, I'm not. I am taking God at his word that he said, test me and I will show this to you. I want you to flip from stress to strength when it comes to your finances. You know why? Because you can trust Jesus. If you can trust him for heaven, how on earth can you not trust him with your money? You can trust Jesus. He's for you. He's not against you. He is with you, not distanced from you. He is welcoming you, not hiding from you. He is blessing you, not withholding it from you. And he can't wait to give you more. So what's your takeaway from today? Well, God owns it all. We're managers. But we ought to manage well. We ought to manage with generosity and graciousness and kindness. We ought to manage in such a way that we don't hoard it but We use it to minister to people and care for people. You know why we want to get in debt around here? Not because we want to build anything else. Heavens, no, I pray in my lifetime we don't build this stuff. You know what? I I genuinely want, let's go help more people. Let's share the gospel with more people. Let's go to more places around the world. Let's open up more of trying to help kids read and get graduated from school. But let whatever we do... Let's be managers of such that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is in charge of the money. Jesus is in charge of his church. And we get to see Jesus at work because we're his church, period. That sounds like a good plan to me. So if you've come to this church and you said, I'm so tired of going to those churches who are in a building campaign, you have found a great church. But if you've come to a church thinking, I'm tired of somebody speaking truth about the Bible because I don't want them to mess with me, wrong church. Because I'm telling you, I, I don't want you to delay the blessing of God anymore. All right, we're going to do something a little different around here. If you're new, listen, I, I don't do this. Maybe once a year, twice, maybe. I want our ushers to come back and bring those baskets. Come on. I know. It's tw- I get it. I know. It's time to go. You're hungry. I'm begging you don't leave. Just hang in here. If, if on the app and your bill pay or what you gave earlier doesn't match up with what you heard today, then dig deeper. You jump on the app, give a little more. I did between services. You, you want to dig down and, and, and get inside your wallet a little more? Dig, dig on down. Get I, I, okay, some of you right now are I don't know where my wallet is. Uh, I was about to dig down deep. I don't know where it's at. Uh, you got my wallet? All right. You don't think God is up to the test in February? I promise he'll give you every dime back plus 5% first thousand and the second offering is going to go help that kid at Buford and his family who's had a stroke this week. Darian is a ball player Buford signed a free ride to go to the University of Texas. It's going to be one of those generational running backs. Just a great talent, great kid. Suffered a stroke from a hole in his heart. Uh, brain aneurysm as a result. Trying to get the hole in the heart fixed. He had a puncture in his lung. They had to cut his skull open yesterday to rel- relieve the Swelling on his brain. What I've understood is uh, he may have to learn from start how to walk and talk and even remember. This kid, everything was in front of him, and uh, this this family's gonna need help. I had a, uh, I had a family come up to me after nine thirty, and uh, said we w- we want to start giving. And I watched them online give a give a gift five hundred dollars, and I thought to myself. There's no way that's going to clear. There's no way that's going to clear. And then I watched it clear. And I watched a, a husband and wife hug each other. And it was like that's the greatest thing they'd ever done in their life. And I thought, bless the Lord. That's so sweet. So uh, when, we get, when you get done giving, when the, when the baskets come and you've done your thing, you stand up and join us. The boy's going to lead us in, a, uh, in an old hymn. And then we'll go home. Lord, take these offerings. Lord, calls us simply to be obedient to you and do what you've called us to do. Nothing less, nothing more in Jesus' name. Would you bless this boy and his family, Darian? Would you bring perfect and total healing to his life? Let us minister well to this family in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all give. When you give, come on, stand up, let's sing. Oh, Lord, my God. long today enjoy his lordship and his ownership grab hold of his blessing and go in peace